Welcome to Kirstie Alley on the Verge. Kirstie's back with a brand new episode talking about what exactly has been going on the last nine or ten months of her life. Since we were gone so long, I completely forgot how to record a podcast episode. That's why I sound like I'm on another planet during this episode. We will get it worked out and figured out by the next one, I promise. Make sure to follow Kirsty on Twitter at Kirsty Alley. You can also stay up to date on everything with the podcast at KA on the Verge. Enough talking, let's get to the episode. And now, here's your host, Kirsty Alley. Hello, 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 hello. I'm laughing because I'm here with Corey. Hi, Corey. Howdy, how are you? Good to see you again. Long time no see. Glad you're still alive and can say the same about myself. Yeah, I'm glad that you're still alive. I mean, I'm kind of embarrassed. I feel like, uh, you know, I was dating this guy for a long time and then I ghosted him or he ghosted me. That's how I feel with... (laughs) our wonderful listeners who were, you know, tuning in every week. And then all of a sudden we tuned out like radio silence and I want to take full responsibility for it. However, I want to make a lot of excuses for it. because You can. Because I can. No, I just want to say hi to everyone. Thanks for hanging in there. I'm so sorry it took this long to get it together to do some more podcasting and I believe I can now do it in a consistent manner. That's, that's our goal, right, Corey? Yeah, that's, that's the goal. Your, your fans want to hear from you. Right. And I want to hear from them and I want to hear (laughs) from anyone I can possibly hear from other than doing what I've been doing for the last nine months. So I am, I'm calling this podcast today, just the recap of why I'm an ass. That's a great title. I like that. So do you take? Do you, take you do you take any responsibility for being half ass? Yeah, I'm. Yeah, I'm a half ass uh, because I didn't push you like a good uh, person should have to do uh, a podcast. So mm-hmm. you could have I, actually I done probably, your own. You could have actually done your own. You could have gone Kirstie Alley on the Verge, and then you said something like they do in 2020 or Dateline. You know where you actually killed me. And you're like, uh, Kirsty is in, uh, she's in Zimbabwe and she's asked me to just continue the podcast and she, she can't talk because she had something wrong with her voice after I strangled her. Um, anyway, so you could have just continued. I should have, but that would have been weird. Nobody wants to hear from me. They want you. No, I think people like you. I think they would like to know what you're doing with your life too, but <laughs> anyway, so what we're, we're going to, so what we're going to concentrate on today's podcast is a walk down memory lane from the last, for the last nine months when we've been absentee and um, it's not very interesting, but it's more interesting than nothing. It is kind of interesting because, you know, I, okay, let's just start out with this. This, so our last podcast was the end of February, right? I think it was it, it was maybe in March. I think it was the end of March, middle of February, uh, middle of March, sometime around that. Okay, so so here's what was happening. I sold my house in Los Angeles uh, the very end of February. Let's say February. Let's say the end of February. Okay, 
So in my deal selling it, I had to be out of my house by May 18th, I think. I had to be out of my house in LA for May 18th. Now, that doesn't sound like a big deal. And usually it wouldn't be that big a deal because it's like what? I would have had March, April, and half of May, a little more than half of May to get out. So here is what was happening that made my life kind of brutal and impossible. So when I sold it and it went into escrow, which was February 22nd, I believe, the house anyway, I knew I had that long to do this. And remember, I had lived in the house for 20 years. It was kind of a big old house. And I lived there for 20, actually 21 years. And I have 15 lemurs and like two dogs, two cats, birds, a turtle. So I have all these animals, right? Right, Corey? Yeah. Yes, you have a lot of animals. Are you like just totally doing something else and listening to me? No, I'm listening. I'm, I'm in a room alone listening to this recap. Are you on Facebook? <laughs> <laughs> are you talking to your friends? Are you gambling? What are you doing? No, <laughs> anyway. I, am, I am listening to the recap. Okay. So people do ask me about this all the time. And so I'm going to answer those people in this podcast about what that entailed. So I have all these compounds that have been built for 21 years in Los Angeles with my 15 lemurs in them and my, all my other animals. All right. Now, just remember we're in the middle of a pandemic. So I'm told I got to be out by May 18th. And what I have to do before I'm out of there is I have to build six lemur compounds in Florida, in my house that I have in Florida, where I'm trying to consolidate all my animals. That was my big goal. Have a house someplace and have all your animals there. So... I thought, I know this is going to be difficult, but I know I can do it. So first I had to get all the bids, right? You have to get all the bids for the compounds. And remember, they've got to have indoor space, outdoor space. Their indoor space has to be air conditioned and heated. Um, Their outdoor space has to be big and tall. So I started getting contractors and no one would do it. So I started freaking out. And then I got one really good bid from a guy and it was to build all the you know the indoor space all the outdoor spaces blah 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 it was a really good bid but he couldn't start right then now I'm really in the time crunch right because what is it do I have two and a half months or three months have you done the math uh two and a half good month okay two and a half months to build six lemur compounds, six indoor spaces, six outdoor spaces. And I have to figure out how to get 15 lemurs, two dogs, two cats, birds, and turtle to Florida. So, okay, should I start with the, how, how I was going to get them here side? Because it's kind of interesting. Do you want to hear that? Yeah. I, that's what I was just going to ask. So they had to come all the way from L.A. to Florida. 
That's right. And I only add during the pandemic because you can't really, there's places that transport pets, but it got really tricky, especially because I have primates, right? Okay. So I called my friend, John Travolta, who knows everything airplane that exists. And I said, look, the only way I see I can do this is if I charter a plane that will take 15 lemurs, two dogs, blah, 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 all these animals in one fell swoop. So, you know, he didn't even, he didn't even miss a beat. He's like, yeah, call Jerry. He's going to tell you, he's going to tell you how to get a charter for all these animals. I'm only laughing because, you know, John is like, he just knows so much about aviation and planes and he has such good connections that he just happened to have off the top of his head who could bring a zoo, right? (laughs) So I did call Jerry and Jerry said, I know a plane, so I can get you that plane. And then it got tricky because Jerry said, when do the lemurs arrive? I said, well, they're supposed to arrive. And I had this due date, right? Because here's the tricky part. If you haven't fallen asleep yet, here's the tricky part. I have to be out of my house in LA by May 18th. But the people that I sold the house to put in their contract, I had to have all the lemur compounds torn down in LA before they took control of the property. And I had to have everything sanitized. I think they thought that, you know, they were going to, catch some exotic lemur disease, which doesn't make any sense since they were all born in captivity in the United States. However, they, you know, they had to be sanitized and this had to be that. And I had all these big lemur compounds there and they were the whole section of lemur compounds in the front of my house was iron. And then the back was all, uh, oh God, steel. And I don't know, chain link that's covered with (laughs) is covered with vinyl or something (laughs) you know I always laugh because I go see every zoo I possibly can where I travel anywhere to see how their lemurs are housed my compounds are always better I was going to say yours probably are the best yeah I saw one that was better and it had a moat and it had all that but they don't let the lemurs really stay out there you know Tanganyika in Wichita, Kansas yeah. Okay. You know how Tanganyika has that cool moat around that big island? Uh-huh. Yeah. Okay. Well, and this is how they have to do that because they have, you know, lemurs fight with each other. So they have to be in what's called troops. That's why you have to build different compounds. So every day in Wichita, they have a little drawbridge and they let one of the troops out on the island to mess around all day. And then the people get to interact with them, right? And then that group goes in and the next day the other troop goes out so that they don't really live on an island. So some of these lemur compounds are kind of deceiving. Anyway, back to the dilemma. A a sidebar real quick. So how do you figure out who fights with who? Do you just let them go and then? No, they bite each other's fingers off and stuff. So you've had that happen where they bite each other's fingers off and then you have to separate one and two? Yeah, my lemurs started out one troop they were good and then every you know there were four lemurs three females one male nobody was related 
the three females all had babies, twins. So now we have 10 lemurs, right? (laughs) (laughs) This is why sometimes it's good to do research to know that they most commonly have twins. (laughs) Anyway, I didn't know. I didn't know that. I did not know that either. Really? (laughs) Because the lemurs that I had before these lemurs that I'd had for like 26 years did not have twins. Anyway, so I've got these lemurs and you ask me if the lemurs, what, what did you say again? I was on Facebook. Kidding. How do you, (laughs) I was going to say, you gambling? How do you, how do you decide? Do you just put them all together or just one day one of them wakes up and starts biting the other one? It's sort of like that. It was like they're all together. They're all harmonious. I have this huge compound that where they all live. And at that, in, what, in Los Angeles, I had two bedrooms designated on the ground floor would be where they would go inside, Right. Right. So it was air conditioned and heated and then they would be outside and they all got along great. Then they started fighting. And when they fight, yeah, these sweet, lovely lemurs just turn like Sid Vicious. They're, they rip each other. Their teeth are so sharp. And yeah, they'll like tear a finger off of one or they'll just gash one of the others. So then you have to decide who got in the fight. Then you separate them. But you know, you have families there, so you have to, so then you, they sort of split down the middle. I put this group on this side, this group on that side. I put one partition down the middle, right? They go along right. great for years and years. And then they start fighting again. So then I had to separate four of them and I had to build a new compound for those guys. I also had to build a new compound for those guys because within that that particular group were two roughed lemurs. They're different than the ringtail lemurs. Most of my lemurs are the ringtail lemurs, but there were two rough lemurs. And when they go off, they scream like louder than you. <laughs> it's so loud. It's like insane. Then all of the ringtails will start screaming. So I did great in my neighborhood till this attorney moved in across the street. Uh-uh. And he said that he was getting ready. He and his partner were getting ready to adopt a set of twins and it would keep them up at night if my lemurs were screaming, but my lemurs aren't out during the night. They're in during the night. But he said, if you, I'm going to get a petition. And if you don't get those lemurs, at least in the back of your property, you know, he's a lawyer we know what lawyers do. So. I moved, I had to build a big com in the back, compound in the back. I moved four of the lemurs in the back, now the other lemurs in the front. And they all got along really well, except they decided, the people in the front, the lemurs in the front, decided when they were in at night, they were going to beat each other up. So then I had to do their inside space and section those off into four instead of two. You following? I am following. God. Yeah. People ask me if they should have lemurs. No. No and no. Don't ever get lemurs. I say, don't get any exotic animals because you don't even, you know, here's an example. I talked to Duke University and they have the biggest lemur study program and probably the most lemurs in the, uh, v- uh, the species, the most species of lemurs there in Duke University in Raleigh, Durham, North Carolina. Anyway, and it looked to me like all their 
lemurs were free range out in the forest, right? Right. So I went to visit them and they're not free range, but every day a new troop is let out to be free range in the forest, right? And then they get them back in. So again, it does, you know, you're not in Madagascar, but they said the same thing. They said, you know, you can have this troop, you let them out, they're free range. They've got two acres to run around. They kill each other. They just ostracize. They decide and you don't know. You just decide this one's out of our crew. And they do that in the wild too. You could have a hundred million acres. And if they ostracize you, they banish you to the edge of their territory. So, okay, back to my house. So I've got, okay, now I've got to be out of my house and the lemur compounds have to be torn down before May 18th. So here I am in California, I mean, in Florida, trying madly to find someone who will build the compounds immediately. I found a contractor to build them immediately. And I had an architect, you know, design the compounds, blah, blah, blah. We submitted the permits. Oh, no. It wasn't like a two-day deal. It was like a two- or three-week deal. And uh, and no, it wasn't I couldn't run the power to all of the HVACs in each of the compounds off of one big system. No, I had to put a system on each shed. Six systems. Cha-ching, cha-ching, cha-chang. God, no kidding. Okay, now we go along, and I'm like, okay, I finally got it down. These guys are going to have it built. They're building it in three weeks. Amazing. The contractor tells me he has a fence crew to do all the fencing. That's going to take one day. The uh, steel people, that's going to take three days. Blah, 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 the foundation. We've all got it all laid out. Okay, so I'm thinking things are going pretty well. So I book the plane to bring the lemurs and everything, right? And to bring all my animals on the charter. And I give them a date. Here's the drop dead date. So we're going along and nothing, you know, the, the foundations are built for the sheds. And I use this company, Tough Sheds, to use their sheds because they're, you know, I think they're, they're guaranteed to be up to 140 mile an hour winds or something like that. So I'm like, okay, because we are in Florida, duh. Finally, we get the permits and the foundations are dug and Tough Shed comes in with the sheds and I'm going, where is all the, where's the big crew? Because the contractor said there was a big crew coming in to do all of the uh, metal building, you know, because you have all the, everything's metal and it's big metal because we're in Florida and there's hurricanes. So the contractor assures me that they're being built offsite. <laughs> I'm going to kill myself. They're, they're being <laughs> built offsite. And then they will be brought in, like, let's say next Tuesday, and they will construct them all. And that will take two days. And then the Guys that are doing all the fencing, which the whole thing is fenced in after you build the whole framework with the structure, uh-huh. right? And they will right. be doing the fencing and that will take them one day, but we're going to, we built in two just in case. Oh my God. Okay. So days passed and I said, 
I am worried. Can you please go talk? Can you please go to the place where they're building all these panels off site so you can take a look at them with your own eyes and I can have a picture of them? Well, the panels weren't being built off site. That guy fibbed and said they were being built off site and they weren't being built off site. And then the other fib was he didn't have a big crew. He didn't have a, you know, the big pipe crew was one crew. And then after that's done, you bring in the big fencing crew. The big pipe crew was one person. <laughs> I know it's funny now because it's so horrible. <laughs> the big pipe crew was a person. And the big fence crew was a person. So, as you can see, I'm going insane. And now I'm up against the timeline of got to get out and got to get out early enough to deconstruct and rip the lemur compounds down in Los Angeles. And that then entailed taking out all the foundations, all the things. It was like a nightmare. And trying to get them here at the exact right time and stuff. So this went on and on. It was like, it was the biggest building nightmare of my life. And also, along with the one person who was doing the piping and the one person who was doing the, speaking of piping, that's a good word I need to bring up. Because the crew that was remodeling this one shed that I already had to make it really pretty were crackheads. Like, literally. They okay. were... Pipe. What? I said they, they smoked the pipe and installed it. They were so druggy kind of crackhead. I can't even... I was going... I said to the contractor, are you kidding me? We've got, you You have three guys here who should be able to do this one thing, building one shed into something kind of simple. That should take you five days. They've now been here three weeks. They're, they literally are certifiable and they're literally crackheads. They're, I don't even know how to describe it. Like they were missing teeth. They were, and then he said, well, the person that, you know, he gets these guys and he gives them work. I go, yeah, he gets these guys and gives them work. And then they're going to come and murder me. God, anyway. So I have the crackheads, the one man crew on the pipe and the one man fence hanger guy. So I was just, oh God, these months were the worst building months of my life. Meanwhile, back at the ranch, I have two houses in Florida so that I can make them my my real homestead and I, they're being remodeled they're ripped apart uh but the desperation was to get the lemurs here so then it was going to take them two weeks long it, everything was down to the wire like crazy i had to change the flight um you know the people they were supposed to have been done weeks before the lemurs got here they weren't and so when the you know, the night before the lemurs got here, they're laying sod inside the compounds. So that was my plight. Finally, you know, and then we get the lemurs here. Then they have like four days to tear everything down in L.A. Plus, I've lived in L.A. for 20 some years and I had furniture out the wazoo. So while I'm here running this, my assistant's in L.A. running a giant sale of everything in my house and shipping pods all over the place. It was like, 
<laughs> oh my God. So remember, I don't know if you remember that, but that time was crazy. Do you remember? Because you probably couldn't even get a hold of me. I was ready to yeah. pull my hair out. I do. Out. I do remember that. Yeah. I do. I do remember. And then, then you kind of had a pit stop for a lot of your uh, stuff from LA here in Wichita. Uh, and then, you know, I guess the most of it went down to Florida. Yeah. It's like, so that, okay. So anyway, let's start with, we'll finish the lemur side. So they get picked up in the middle of the night. My great guys that work for me in Los Angeles, get them to the, they have to catch them all at night and they're usually asleep. Then they had to take them and they put them on the plane. Everybody's in a crate. So there's 15 lemurs in a crate, two dogs, two cats, we burn a turtle in a charter in a charter so there's no seats in the plane and then when the girl who handles you know sort of like the animal wrangler who is the animal caretaker person is going to fly with them and um right as she's almost taking off she says oh my god this is my first flight (laughs) i was like oh my god she's never flown before she's turned backwards and there's no oh man I felt so bad for her, but she didn't complain or anything. So we get the lemurs here, and I, I went really early in the morning. I think they arrived about 6 a.m. or 4 or something, and we went to this little airport here, picked up all the lemurs in a giant two vans or something, and brought them to their compounds. And I thought, no, they're really, I told people they're really going to be skittish because they've just had this long flight. They've spent their whole life in L.A., so we put them in the compounds and they're like, whatever. There's like, <laughs> they had a good time. They liked the Florida weather, huh? They just liked their new compounds jumping around. They were really happy chilling out in the sun. They had, I, I can honestly say they had zero getting used to anything when they got here. Well, that's good. That's the best case scenario. Right. That is what made it all worthwhile made it really spectacular. So anyway, that was the lemur fiasco. And uh, we got that we got that handled. And then I had a little time. I think I had about two months uh, to chill out. Uh, I hired some people to take care of the lemurs here. I'd hired them and so when they, and trained them and oh my God. You can't even, I can't even go into that story because the one person I hired, I can't even, I don't even know, I probably shouldn't because somebody that's listening might know them and it was horrible. It was. They didn't work out? They didn't work out. It was just, okay, the person was older. They were my age, right? And they just were almost having heat strokes every day. (laughs) they couldn't they couldn't adapt and they sort of weren't duplicating anything I was saying to do you know it was like with the turtle now make sure the turtle make sure the turtle um you have to do this with the water before you put the turtle in it because then you're going to put fish in it and if you don't treat the water the fish will die and so the person just doesn't treat the water. So the turtle's in there with all these dead fish floating around. Anyway, it was a nightmare, 
But I, I, I got past that and then I thought, okay, good. Then I got offered a good job in Los Angeles and I thought, this is great. So I'm going to go to LA, uh, the beginning of August and I'm going to, you know, I think the house thing's moving along. I'm starting to, I've got all my drawings back about the houses, you know, cause I'm remodeling and things are going pretty damn well. And I think, I think it was like August 15th or something. I was supposed to go to LA and work. I think, didn't you come here to Wichita to see your dad? Was it his birthday? Uh, my dad's birthday's November. Oh, so not. we're I working up to that. To we're working. Actually. We're working our way oh. down memory lane. Got it. So I'm like, okay, now I can do my. I can have Fourth of July with my kids. Uh, I've sold my house. All my animals are here. Life's looking pretty good. And I think I did go see my dad then. Then I came back okay. to Florida, and I was like, oh my god, this is good. The beginning. of... August, I'm going to LA and do this job. So about two weeks before I went to LA to do my job, guess what I got? Surprise. Uh oh. Surprise. COVID. Oh no. So I'd avoided COVID for a year and a half. Then my kids, uh, True dropped his kids off to me one day. But he didn't say, they didn't really say they're sick. They just dropped them off. <laughs> so was, you know, when you're uh, a grandmother, they're in your face, they're on you, they're, ugh, they're just on you, right? Which you love. Right. But anyway, then I thought, oh, I feel kind of bad, like achy and weirdy. And sure enough, I had COVID and I had my COVID kit. I had my kit in case I ever got it. So I had hydroxychloroquine. You had it on. Hmm? I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Sorry. No, I said I, I had my kit. You know, I had my kit in case I right. ever got it. So I had hydroxychloroquine, uh, Z-Pak, uh, um, ivermectin. I had all these things in my kit. And when I got it, it was like, boom, my body was aching like so bad. I didn't have the headache and the respiratory stuff. I just had horrible body aches. And so by this time, of course, you know, the guys that actually believe there are protocols to make you better, which is those are the doctors I go to. And they said, you know, they had a steroid called dexamethasone. So they said, okay. take this little steroid dexamethasone, gave me a bunch of other things. Um, and within a day, I actually felt good. I had no pain. I just ha was tired, you know, like really tired. And beyond, it, it grew into being beyond brain fog to where I couldn't think of anything. I couldn't remember anything. It really felt like a giant gray kind of see-through blanket was draped over me. Uh, I was total, I lost my smell. I lost my taste. I was so tired, but I wasn't like sleepy. Do you know what I mean? You had COVID, right? No, I've never had it. Oh, good. So, well, Kelly's got COVID. I, Your wife's got it yeah. right now, doesn't she? She does. So hopefully I uh, skip it, but I'll have my go bag ready. Good. Have your go bag. 
when and if. It makes such a huge difference. And, you know, people make fun of people that do ivermectin. I don't really care. I mean, I really don't care who makes fun of what. It's my body. It's my life. And I will tell you that I feel between the steroid and the ivermectin, uh-huh. it saved my ass. It just, I mean, I know how bad my body hurt. And it was almost instant that it went away. And then I was just tired and stupid for, I was stupid for 20 days. I didn't have that far to go, but it was like I took a jump off the Grand Canyon of stupidity. And so after, so after you took that stuff from your, uh, your kit, you were feeling fine after three or four days, but it, the, the taste and smell and everything else lingered on. It, the ta- no taste, no smell, really tired, but not sleepy. So that was weird. Um, it was, I had no pain. I it didn't, I didn't, I had this treatment done every day. I can't remember the name of it. It is kind of a laser treatment. A nurse came, they do it on your chest to make sure you, nothing goes respiratory, Right. Right. So my oxygen level stayed at like 98 the whole time. I never had, I didn't have a sore throat. I didn't, some people have this sore throat, the banging headache and a bad cold. Right. Uh huh. And then it seems like other people like me had, it feels like you have the flu, you have bad body ache like that. So I think I had that version of the bioweapon. It is a fucking bioweapon. <laughs> I mean, I may got, if you have it, you know, you've got to buy it. You know, it's a bioweapon. It's that's, uh, that's weird. It does because it is weird because it's it's not the same as the flu. It's not the same as a cold. It's not the same as you know. It you maybe you have some parasites that go along with it. I feel like somebody invented said, okay, we need a parasite. We need a bacteria. We need a virus. We need a fungus. We need uh, throw in some bat stuff that's weird that, you know, that can transmit from one species to a human. If you put this in a big cocktail, I think that's the way to do this. That's what it feels like. And if you've had it, you know what I mean? It feels like nothing you've had before and it feels crazy. That's, uh, that's kind of how Kelly is. She's the same way. She came on about three or four days ago and, just really, really, really body achy. I think she's got this Omicron variant, would be my guess, which is a little bit less severe than most, but uh, it's for sure knocked her out. Yeah. I've, I, I now, I think now, other than you telling me that, I don't think I know anyone that hasn't gotten COVID. Uh, well, vaccinated, I, not vaccinated, whatever. It doesn't make any difference. They have it, and... I'm just tell people, you know, one of my doctors is Dr. Zelenko, Dr. Z in New York, and he's brilliant. And then, yeah. And then I had another doctor here in Florida who's brilliant. And they just, I I just have to say, I, I was never near being hospitalized or never, my oxygen levels never dropped. And I, I attributed a hundred percent to having those protocols. And then, you know, Joe Rogan just got endless shit for taking what he took and right. the ivermectin. But who gives a yeah, shit? I, I did see that there's 270 or 280 doctors that are trying to remove three or four of his podcasts because they think it's spreading disinformation, which uh, it's so dumb. I'm just so over all that stuff. I'm, I'm just, so over it because you'll have... 
Okay, so people go like, well, you have to go with the science. Okay, let's go with the science. So if I have 150 scientists over here, you know, and a couple of hundred doctors over here who have this scientific evidence and this scientific proof that certain things help and certain things don't and certain things, you know, I have this contingency. Then over here, I've got, I I think most doctors just go along with whatever the CDC says. But anyway, so then you have doctors over here and they have a differing opinion. So, and you have scientists over here that have a differing opinion. So when someone says to me, you need to go with the science, I'm like, which science are you, which science? <laughs> what, those guys, do you think these guys are hacks over here, slackers over here? These are some of the best virologists and uh, vaccine specialists and, uh, you know, physicians in the world. So uh, you are going to discount them. You know, right in the beginning, group, let's call them group A and let's call the other guys group B. I'm going to call group A the ones I agree with. (laughs) So so group A says you're never going to vaccinate your way out of COVID. You're never going to vaccinate your way out of COVID. And it makes sense because let's say it's polio vaccine. Actually, when you get a polio vaccine, you don't transmit polio and you don't get it. So that's a real vac. That's a true vaccine with the COVID vaccine. And your wife, Kelly, told me she felt duped because she got the vaccine because she was spending a lot of time around her grandparents who were both pretty old. Right. Correct. She said, I want to make sure I don't transmit it to one of them. I don't want to be responsible for taking it in and blah, blah, blah. And I'm going to see you spending time in a nursing home. So I don't want to get it either. And then when she found out, oh, no, actually, you know, in the beginning with the with the vaccine, they never no one ever said there's no data in the beginning that said, oh, by the way, you can get it and you're going to transmit it too." remember that. Yeah. No, that wasn't said. That's everybody needs to get vaccinated so we can end the pandemic. Correct. And that's still what they're saying. I know, because that's what the only thing they can say. So if I say, oh, I know 15 people who were vaccinated, who have COVID right now, and some of them are really, really sick, they say, well, you know, they would have died. Right. It would have been a lot worse. It could have been a lot worse and they would have died. I go, okay, a couple of them did die. So what do we say about that? Well, they probably uh, didn't have their booster. And then... That booster is really messing with people. I'm worried about the... I'm worried about how many boosters do you have? And what do you have? Okay, what do, what do we say about this? What do we say? I'm not anti-vaxxer, by the way. I think that certain vaccines are essential, could be essential, like the polio vaccine, uh, smallpox vaccine. Certain vaccines came on, came on board that were viable, proven vaccines that were good. But, okay, here's my example. So to get on like a cruise liner, a big cruise liner, you have to show proof of your vaccines. So you've had two vaccines and they urge you to have a booster. So they open the cruise lines up again. The only people on the cruise line, including the staff and including, you know, the captain and <laughs> the captain's assistant, whatever they're called, all the staff, everyone on are vaccinated. Cut to a week later, there's like what 150 outbreaks of COVID. 
So how is that explained? Because, oh, they all came in contact with one guy while they were getting on the ship that gave them all COVID, even though they're all vaccinated. I just, I, I can't, I don't know. What do you think? Yeah, that, that's the thing I think is that, that's so upsetting to me is all these people are blaming it on the unvaccinated. I, I just, I, I don't understand how, if you're vaccinated, who cares? That's you. It doesn't matter if she's not vaccinated or he's not vaccinated. It doesn't, it doesn't matter. It's the it, only thing that should matter is, is if you're vaccinated or not. Um, I, I, like you were saying earlier, I think somebody needs to logically explain how getting the vaccination is going to beat the pandemic. Um, and, and because it, I don't think it can. I think the good news about now with this Omicron variant, I think that it's infecting so many people and so fast, there's not going to be uh, anybody else to infect. And then everybody's going to have uh, herd immunity and then we're going to go move on. Right. If know. you get immunity from this stuff because like i okay now i know this is bizarre so i know people who had i think if you go timeline wise i had delta variant okay because i went in a year and a half no covid right then i think i would call it the delta variant just because of the timeline of it right okay so okay so now see my brain's fading out it still doesn't <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I have a dementia, but I'm going to blame it on COVID. <laughs> you, you have long haul COVID. That's what everybody's blaming <laughs> brain fog on. I'll tell you what, long, it could be it, true. The long haul brain fog could be true. But where were you? You just said something that sparked me to say, oh, where is the proof that you can vaccinate your way out of it? Right. Is that what you said? Yeah, that's what you said earlier, and I was just saying, yeah, somebody needs to logically explain how that's going to happen. I don't know how it's going to happen. I think I think the only thing that's happening with Omnichrome, I mean, I feel like we're like in a space opera movie, Omnichrome versus Delta. <laughs> Omnichrome, or whatever the hell it's called, I think the only difference, if it's the same virus, which I don't really know, because remember, back to me, and I, I think it's a bioweapon but if it's the same cut of the jib then it's weakening and that's what a virus will do naturally it will weaken you know and as it goes along it weakens and then the hosts have a better chance of you know not dying or getting severely ill and more contagious well, you know, there are people who believe that all the people who got vaccinated just gave, created Omicron, right? Or whatever it's called. There's yeah. that, there's that faction of people that the virus, when you shed after the vaccine, because it's a synthetic vaccine, it's not like actually giving someone a little bit of COVID. It's synthetic. And so it doesn't have the exact same codes as if you were, you know, if you do polio, you give like a tiny spark of that. And that's not what's happening with this. So the theory of like my daughter thinks that when all the people that got vaccinated shed and then they give you this weird ass version of COVID that is more like a virus mixed with a synthetic, right? So okay. I, your body yeah. can't register it as 
what COVID was. So that may be why someone who had COVID and should have the antibodies for COVID doesn't have the antibodies for Omicron because Omicron is a facsimile of COVID. Doesn't this sound like science fiction? (laughs) (laughs) I, I just so ready for all of it to be over. I'm just, I'm, 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 I'm over it. I'm done with it. I, I, you know, and now they're starting to go down here in in Wichita. They're starting to think about going back to more mask mandates. It's just, it's just dumb. Just, God, I'm so over it. Yeah. And the mask mandates. Can we talk about the mask mandates? Yeah. People get it with the masks or without the masks. And, you know, you go into a restaurant and the waiters and stuff have masks and you don't. And you think because you're sitting in a restaurant, you can only get COVID if you stand or you can only get the arbitraries. The arbitraries are so crazy. I don't know. You know, and if I got tested right now, I would have the antibodies for COVID. I had it. I had a good case of it. It, the only thing that lingered with me that was really bizarre that I've never had with anything in my life was that 20-day fog. And then, like, on the 20th day, it literally felt like someone peeled a huge, dull blanket off of me, and I could think straight, and I had energy. But and you that, just woke up one day like that, right? Literally. I literally woke up. There were a couple of days where I could feel like it was going away a bit, you know, but it was almost like night and day. It was almost like fog, sunshine. It was almost like that. And when it was gone, it was gone. It didn't return. It didn't, but I've never had anything like that in my life. So I don't know why this is the only thing I can figure out of why this is so bizarre is that it is a cocktail. It's a concoction of stuff that was made in a lab to be a bioweapon. And I'm not saying it escaped intentionally. I really don't have any idea, but I do feel like it was a created um, weapon. And if pretty obvious of the effects it's had, it's closed the whole world down. And it. Yeah, I, yeah I, I, I think that we're starting to find out more and more that it's essentially was you know not necessarily released on purpose but um it sounds like it uh was a manufactured deal and who knows well and this we'll is what happens with, never right this is what happens with synthetic manufactured cross breeding blah blah things and you know on twitter all of people say oh well you're an anti-vaxxer because of trump well trump isn't an anti-vaxxer yeah he's, he's not he, only not an anti-vaxxer he got it and he's pushing People he, to get the he got it and he pushed and he encouraged people to take the vaccine. So I'm like, okay, no, wait, you can't, you can't make up everything about Trump. I mean, but that's a straight up made up. Well, you're an anti-vaxxer because you're because of Trump. Like, <laughs> I've been very leery of vaccines probably my whole adult life. Uh, because I feel that, you know, as being a baby boomer, I feel like we were over vaccinated for things. And I do feel like it actually had consequences to our, uh, our makeup 
let's just put it that way. I, I feel like it had consequences, but I did have certain vaccines that I feel were actual lifesavers because actually when you had the vaccine, you didn't give anybody polio. And actually right. if Joe Blow had the vaccine, he didn't give me polio. So it, you right. know, that was a vaccine that eradicated polio. But when you have this Cucamonga vaccine that not only doesn't get rid of it, but it, you can spread it and get it. And I still haven't had anyone tell me, the only thing I've ever heard anyone say if I contest it is, well, you won't get it as bad. And I got to tell you, <laughs> I know a lot of people who got it. And I told you a couple died who were vaccinated and one person that was vaccinated, I swear to God, you know, very young died of a heart attack. Shouldn't have died. Just so, so I don't know. It's all, I think everyone has to make their own decision. I think, but everybody I think needs to stop talking about how they are the good guys because they got vaccinated. And then the unvaccinated people are screwing everything up. What? No, I, 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 I can be in a room of vaccinated people and I can still get it. So it doesn't make any sense. I guess it's just the way to make yourself right about putting something in your body and then you get it. Because also when the vaccinated people I know go, oh my God, I got it. And I'm, I got, I got ripped off. I got it. Yeah. Kelly, your wife said, this is, I'm ripped off. I got ripped off. I thought that I wouldn't be able to give it to my grandmother and now I can give it to my grandmother. So I, I don't, I don't know anybody in the beginning that got a vaccine that was told, Oh, by the way, you should know you can still give people COVID and you can still get it. Now I'm going to give you the vaccine. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, they didn't do that while they were being vaccinated. Right. They didn't say it back then. Right. No, I don't uh, know. And I, I still don't think they are. I still think that they're not doing that, but. Whatever. I'm, I'm, I'm just like you're saying, I'm just over it. I'm sick of it. Okay, you're over it and sick of it. I am too. And so it's only a sequence of the events that have gone on. So for 20 days, I had COVID. Then I was done in September. Then I was trying to get these houses done. Then the price of lumber and the price of everything construction went up three times. And then I've got my house ripped apart and totally demolished and uh, can't afford to put it back together. Here's the other thing. I want to really know how this happens. I'm watching, I watch HGTV all the time. So you have the same, about the same square footage of a house as one of the ones I'm remodeling right now. You have the same square footage. The people, I'm talking about good bones this time because they do what this one is. This is a house that was built in 1910. And I had it, I had it, totally basically gutted, you know, basically, you know how they do it. They take the, tear the lath and plaster. They tear everything out. They tear the walls out. They blah, blah, blah. Cause the walls that they want to open it up to make a little bit more of an open concept. Yeah. So I did all that. Then I had the guys come in, they put in steel beams to reinforce the house, blah, blah, blah. So between that time when I started the remodel, was supposed to be two fifty, right? Now on good bones, uh, that's an expensive remodel for them, two fifty. Yeah. But they supposedly do it every day, so I'm going okay. That makes sense, two fifty, good. So cut to all these months later, 
And now the last price I got was 700000 Holy moly. Now, have you ever watched Good Bones or have you ever watched any HGTV show where any extensive remodel was $750,000? No. <laughs> I know. I know what you guys built your whole, you did your whole house for. Wasn't that. I know. But it's like, are you kidding me? How is this even? I, I don't even know how it's possible. I, I And so now I'm in a quandary of waiting for the permits for these houses. I'm waiting for the permits. I've been waiting now months. And um, the prices of building just keep going up and up. And then there's that show. I can't remember the exact name of the show. It's on HGTV. Oh, like 100 Day. 100 Day. They build a house within a hundred days, right? Okay. Yeah. The average price of the house they're building, it's in Florida. That's where I am. The average. So they get the piece of land. Now they're going to build the house. And I'd say the average price that they're building is a $450,000 house, four bedrooms, three baths, blah, blah, from scratch, bottom up, totally done for $400,000. So how oh, does my yeah. dumbass 19 <laughs> farmhouse, <laughs> It's not the same square footage. I, I can't, I can't think with it. So anyway, so that's, uh, this is what, these are all the distractions. They're not all of them because remember I had to move, you were talking about me moving things. So I had to move yeah. everything out of this huge house in LA. I had a sale and my assistant was great and helped, but then sold things for like one cent on the dollar. Um, <laughs> No, I found out this one piece. No, Sarah, bless her, she's the best in the world. But I said, wait a minute, how much did you get for this blah, 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 this this beautiful table thing that I had? She goes, I think it was $300. It's worth 7000 Oh, whoever got that is pumped. I, oh, yeah. I'm sure they're an antique dealer that's pumped. But I was like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. But anyway, so, you know, those pods that people get in the ship cross country. Yeah. With their things in them. So I think I shipped two or three to Kansas and seven to Florida. Holy cow. Yeah. Okay. Now just remember my house in Kansas is furnished. <laughs> so it is. Here are these things I can't do without. And meanwhile, back at the back, I, I sold my dad's house earlier and I owned my dad's house and I sold my dad's house and all the furniture from my dad's house is going to go in the farmhouse here. So now I had to rent. It, it was a, it's a restaurant that's out of business. <laughs> and I had to rent like a 3,000 square foot out of business restaurant to put all these pods in. I have enough furniture to do probably eight houses and oh my god i know uh, it, it's like i'm so disorganized so this now i've realized though that now that i have the restaurant <laughs> <laughs> so that that took some that was good you know that was good that uh gave me a place to consolidate all these things and then I'll be yeah, and, and you're stimulating the economy by uh, you know it was an empty restaurant now it's being rented out for your I know. boxes. 
know, it's so stupid. My advice to anybody is, and, and it's my new advice to myself, if you have something that you love, don't put it in storage. Because the storage unit will now, let's say you paid 1500 for some deluxe buffet table, right? 1500 bucks is going to be down the drain in two seconds. You can replace it. So if it's, if it's irreplaceable, then put it in your damn house. And if it's not, then just move on down the road and sell it or do something. I can't even imagine. I, I won't even confront how much money I've spent in storage units. Crappies. I get it. We're the same way. Right. Yeah. We're the same way. We've got stuff in storage. We, I told my wife over Christmas, I was, I was like, Kelly, we either need to get rid of this or keep it. Just like you said, whatever you want to do, just do something instead of wasting money in a storage. Yeah, keep it or use it. And the storage people know it. You lose track of time, you know, 300 bucks a month, 300 bucks, 300 bucks, 300 bucks. Pretty soon you've put 10 grand in your storage unit and then you open it up and you have like grandma's rocker, which is worth about 50 bucks. And Yeah, exactly. Ikea cabinets that I have. I, I transported Ikea cabinets from LA to a storage unit. I could have replaced them 20 times over. <laughs> but then you get complacent and you're like, oh, I'm not even going to go to my storage unit. I don't even want to see my storage unit because I know that I've got the world's most expensive Ikea cabinets that cost me $200 a cabinet. And now they got like 2000 <laughs> Oh my God. Okay. Anyway, so then what happened? Okay. So then this brought us up to Halloween, Thanksgiving. And the only thing bad about Halloween and Thanksgiving is the nightmare of my freaking houses that are now just sitting there and not being built. They're in, they're in permit limbo and they're really simple. I mean, also on these shows on HGTV, how the hell do they get their permits so fast? And how the hell do they put a house back together for $150,000 and it looks amazing? I don't get it. Oh my God. <laughs> I get it. Do you get it? You guys just moved in a new house. We did. Thanksgiving. We finally, it was a, a two year deal, but we're, we're there. Was that a two Love year it. deal? Yeah. We started in 2019 and the end of 2019. Oh my God. And moved in Thanksgiving. So maybe just a hair under two years, but it was, it was darn close. Did it have to do with permits and things or, or what did it, what was the big delay? Um, product. Uh, we were smack dab in the middle of the pandemic, so they couldn't get wood, couldn't get nails, couldn't get glue, couldn't get anything. So I, we ordered our, uh, stove, uh, fridge, uh, all that appliance kind of stuff. And it took about a year, 18 months. And then thank God you were like Santa Claus. We, we, you, you found our stove. You tweeted those a-holes at Home Depot who canceled it after 13 or 14 months. And you said, wait a second. And, and magically they found it and Home Depot made it right. Yeah. Well, you know, I, that I don't was... think I ever thanked you for that. Thank you. Oh, you're very welcome. You know, that was very bizarre because Kelly and you and Kelly, this is Kelly's first new big house do you know like and when i say new i mean like she gets to you guys got to call all the shots yeah these, she did she 
she did a fantastic job at it too. These are the floors. These are the cabinets. This is this. And she has waited and you guys have waited a long time for this kind of excellent kind of, you know, when you get to do a house from top to bottom and every inch of it is what you wanted. That's pretty special. That's pretty spectacular. So when she said to me, well, they've, you know, they not only delayed my range coming in, they never, they said there really wasn't ever an order for it. And how long had she waited? Uh, 14 months. 14 months. And they said the only solution they had was to put the order in now and then wait another 14 months. And I was just like, no, you're not doing this to her. <laughs> you know, you're, I'm going to fight this. And so I got, but I have to say, I got a hold of the nicest person in the world. And I was, I, and I told him that story. I just go, well, you can't do this. This is like, this is a person who's waited her whole life to have this amazing place and she's designed everything. And you can't just say, oh, sorry, we never really ordered it anyway. And I said, we all know that's bullshit. You did order it. So where the hell is it? And that person Marac said, okay, we have located this particular one and she will have it by next Wednesday. That was like, it was going to be there five days later. Exactly. Magically. Oh boy, that was a, that, that, that was a I think Christmas it was maybe miracle. 45 minutes, maybe an hour after you tweeted to them. Uh, Kelly got a call and said, hey, guess what? We <laughs> found one. It'll be there in five days. Well, I know. I was pissed. I was so, so pissed off. It takes a lot to get me pissed off, but if I get really, really pissed off and I go through... I asked Kelly, how many people have you gone through and how far up the line have you gone to make this right? And she'd gone through every person. Right. And the only solution was this. And I was like, no, that isn't a solution. And I was just so angry. But then... She, she called me crying. And I thought like somebody like died or something. And she was just like, my stove is not going to be here. I have to order it again. And I was like, oh, thank God nobody died. So we got to wait a few more... <laughs> weeks and she's like no 12 or 13 more months I was like, uh -oh. no i think that's a little worse than some people dying not all people well, not people you I really just, love but that could be a 14 <laughs> wait for a, a your ideal range could be just harder on you than i i have a vision of her crying and being less upset if i were to kick the bucket she's like, ah, <laughs> okay I know, but I, waiting I, 14 months and then you have someone tell you, oh, we don't even show. And here's the deal. They gave her the app. They gave her the app that showed her how to track it. She yeah, was we, tracking the phone with them and they gave her that app to track it. And then when it was yeah. a week out, she said, what day are you delivering and that's when they said, oh, we don't even show it. She goes, what do you mean you don't show it? You gave me the app to track the damn thing. Yeah, it's supposed to be here Thursday. Right. And you're and, saying it's not even here. And then you're saying, you're not, even, you're not saying, oh, it's delayed a little bit. You're saying, oh, we don't even show that the order exists. It was the craziest, oh, my God. But I must have gotten a hold of, like, some angel over there for a Christmas miracle because they were, like, I'm going to see what I'm going to, this is not all right. I'm going to see what I can do. And Kelly really had tried to go to the top of the yeah. heap to do it. But Kelly, you know, I've known Kelly for a long time. She's not like a ball busting. No, <laughs> she's not a shark. And so I thought, 
The sharks are going to take over now. (laughs) (laughs) And you did. You took over and voila, we have a beautiful stove just in time for uh, the Christmas holiday. And it was spectacular. Thank you. Well, you know, I'm better at standing it for someone else than myself. So happy to do it. Okay, so then we get through Christmas. I had a lobster boat made for my grandchildren that is fantastic. I will tweet it out. I will show people what it looks like. But this man, Chuck, in Wichita, I'd gotten referred to him and I said, uh, someone said, I think he could make you a lobster boat for your your grandkids, you know, like a replica, but small, so they could get in and stuff. <coughs> oh, did you ever see it, Corey? Yeah, I helped you move it. Oh my God, yes! That's when you almost yes. died. That's the day you almost died. Well, it was it was heavy. <laughs> no, but it turned out so beautiful, didn't it? It is. It yeah, it's absolutely amazing. It's really really cool, uh, and uh, what uh, work that guy did. It was it's it's awesome. It's like a miniature boat. I know it's the best thing I've ever done for anybody. And we had a great Christmas. I think we had 17 people there for eight days and it was wild and fun and crazy. And then yesterday was my birthday. Well, I got through New Year's Eve. I had caviar, so I made it through New Year's Eve. Yeah. Yeah. The only thing I care about on New Year's Eve is caviar. I don't care about people. I don't care about booze. It's just, it's a story of caviar. And so And then I, you said something and you said something important. Happy birthday. I didn't think you. you a happy birthday. I knew I'd be talking to you today, but that was did you have a good birthday? I had a great birthday. It was yesterday and I I had a great birthday. My Lily, my daughter gave me a big well, it was a wonderful tea party. And it, oh, it looked like awesome. The Mad Hatter Tea Party. It was beautiful, and I just had a few people there. She, it was perfect. I had the perfect birthday yesterday. That's awesome. But what I realized was, you see, in the beginning of the year, I started making my New Year's resolutions. One of my resolutions was to get back to the podcast, make it consistent, have interesting guests, go through interesting stories, talk about anything anybody might be interested in. So... I again I do apologize for being the worst podcast host. I'm not going to say I'm ever gonna, because I, some I, podcast I hosts that. just abandon their podcast never to come back. Right. You're here. I'm here. You're, you're back. I'm back, you're back, we're back. And the lemurs, <laughs> I just like to report the lemurs are n- happy uh although the house is totally <laughs> demoed you know what i think i'm gonna call a few of those people from hgtv like maybe nate burkus nate burkus and his husband might take mercy on me and come and help me or good bones people or well what about jonathan knight doesn't he have a tv show he does and it's farmhouse fixer yeah Maybe Jonathan Knight and his show come here. I mean, it's a 1910 farmhouse, let's face it. But somebody needs to take mercy on me. And I got $250,000. You guys never have those budgets on your show. (laughs) I could even muster up a a little bit bigger budget. I just want a house that's finished (laughs) so I can live. You know, now I've got all my animals consolidated living on the property without a house that's finished. (laughs) 
So instead of me not having the animals, the animals don't have me living (laughs) in the house right next to them. (laughs) Anyway. All right. I, Corey, Corky, I miss you. I love having our chats every week. And we got to get some good guests on. I have a lot of people that have approached me and want to be guests and they have interesting stories. And one other thing I'd really like to concentrate on in 2022 is I have run into so many people who have so amazing life stories and amazing, they've done amazing things and they help people to continue to do amazing things. And you're never going to hear from them ever. You'll never know who they are. And I want to interview those people. I think we should do it. That sounds uh, perfect. It does sound perfect. So tell your wife to get well soon. I will. Tell her to take the protocols, which she's not going to take. Okay. (laughs) I will. I will. No, I'll I'll leave them on the counter. No, when she's asleep, you just pry her mouth open. Don't you watch 2020 or Dateline? You just have to dissolve yeah. this stuff in some water, put it in a syringe, and shoot it in her mouth. <laughs> Here's some Gatorade, honey. Yes. What? No. <laughs> no, it doesn't have it. It doesn't it's, have antifreeze. It's not magic Gatorade, right? No, it doesn't have antifreeze. For God's sakes, no. It has ivermectin. Take it. <laughs> yeah. All right, Corgi, gonna jump off now. Thanks, everybody. I I hope. I, I hope I could do something to make up for my nine-month absence. And maybe I will think of something. Maybe we'll do a contest. Oh, yeah. Maybe you'll win an amazing piece of furniture from my restaurant storage <laughs> unit. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> That wraps up another episode of Kirstie Alley on The Verge. We'd like to thank Anchor.fm for the host. We'd also like you to follow Kirstie Alley on Twitter. Follow the show's Twitter at KA on The Verge. Please make sure that you share this podcast with all of your friends. If you have Anchor.fm, you can leave Kirstie a question. Just hit that Ask a Question to Kirstie button on your Anchor.fm app. Thank you so much to everybody for listening, and until next time, we'll see ya.